Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. This is Armed American Radio. If they want to take my guns, they're going to have to bring a station wagon and a whole lot of friends because I'm not giving them anything. From the Car Firearms Group Studio. On the Sig Sauer Platinum Microphone. Mark, we know they want to take our guns, and now we're going to make them eat it. Freedom might be an uphill battle sometimes, but freedom will always prevail. Proudly presented to you by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. Here is your host of Armed American Radio, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting for your rights, Mark Walters. 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 Uber such wimps anymore. They called off a football game in Buffalo. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Armed American Radio's Monster Cast. <laughs> it's been a day. <laughs> Greg in Dallas, Texas, how you doing? I'm here. We're freezing. Sig Sour Mike is lit up for you. Yes, Car Firearms, Car Firearms Group Studios at the ranch is rolling for you. Yeah, it's a interest technology's interesting, isn't it? We're having a day, aren't we? Yeah, man. I mean, coming out of the box at the opening of the hour, no, no, nothing noticeable on radio at all. But, uh, boy, behind the scenes, if you're watching on the webcast and all that stuff, Greg's going to tell you how to do all that right now, by the way. That's why we mentioned that as we get rolling here in hour two of the broadcast. Car Firearms Group Studios are lit up. Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom. X Insurance is presenting all of it. Greg, how do people watch the program, bro? Uh, sure, yeah. Video is up. If you want to head on over to armedamericanradio.org or .com, on the right-hand side of that website, you'll see the menu icon. Just give that a click, and you'll see all the links to get to the Watch Live, Listen Live, and the podcast link and that shop link. If you'd like to join our live chat, just head on over to your app store, grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and search for Armed American Radio Conversations. Boom, pow, zamo, there you go. Greg, we're so wimpy now that a football game in Buffalo was called off because of snow. And the forecast for the next four days is the same forecast. Lame. That they called it off for. I don't even know how that works anymore. I mean, I, I've played sports in freezing cold weather in the past. <laughs> That's when you it's used to love playing it. It's character building. It shows that you uh, you got a little bit of character to be out there playing in that cold. And who remembers the Green Bay uh, Dallas game that was the Ice Bowl? Come on, guys. Sixty seven or sixty eight. That was. You know, yeah. my next guest coming up tomorrow is going to get. I know he's still a big NFL fan. He's a big Philadelphia fan. He's a Philadelphia fan of everything, including. Uh, cheesesteaks, and uh, what is it? Uh, oh, gosh, it's it's the, the, the liver stuff. We'll get that from Stephen. Liverwurst? Uh, no, no, I'm a big fan of that, too. Stephen Gatowski <laughs> from TheReload.com. <laughs> I was going to say, Stephen, you're going to get shellacked tomorrow. I understand that the Buccaneers are playing your Eagles tomorrow. You prepare for a shellacking. You might not. Just don't even watch it. I mean, we'll see. I, honestly, uh Mostly just happy with how today went for the Cowboys. Yes, yes. So it, yeah. <laughs> it softens whatever blow is coming for the Eagles if they do if they do lose. Well, I understand. Uh, I I don't follow the NFL anymore. Just, you know, every once in a while, you can't help but see it if if you're watching anything and you're actually alive and breathing. You pay attention to it if you're reading some news or something. But I understand that Taylor Swift was at the game today. Wow, that's pretty cool. He or yesterday, the, whatever that she, game was. 
Yeah, she's like a she's dating the Chiefs linebacker, the, the Kelsey, the brother of of our center, and uh, that game was actually uh, record cold. Uh, they, they didn't call that one off, but it was like negative thirty or something insane out in yeah. Kansas City. Yeah, yeah well, I well, you know I just heard from a little birdie that Taylor Swift is like hanging out at NFL games. Of course, I'm joking around. I think everybody <laughs> knows that. Tony Dungy, the former coach of the Bucks, says, "Look, she's going to be the reason they don't make you know, if they lose or whatever." Oh, good it's heavens! The curse. What is? I mean, guys like Dick Butkus and you know Jack Lambert are rolling over in their graves. And by the way, uh, it was Scrapple that Stephen kind of rein, reinvested me in Scrapple from Philly, right? Yeah. So now, Scrapple. yeah. Whenever I don't eat it that often, but when I do, I take a picture of it and send it to Stephen, and Stephen just loves it. All right, Stephen Gatowski from the Reload. Boy, let's cover some ground with you, man. Honestly. Let's get – well, we'll wrap up with getting predictions for you for 2024. This is your first appearance on the show in 2024. But over at The Reload, ladies and gentlemen, The Reload, I, I guess I was one of the first subscribers over there when you started the site. It's wonderful. And for people like mm-hmm. me, it's a huge source of information. But you have some exclu- – you know, your member exclusive is analysis. Brew and response bills begin to spread. I'll go to that in a moment. Let's go to the you know 15-million-pound gorilla in the room. You have extensively written about the National Rifle Association – yourself and i don't want to shy away from that on this program what is your take on what is happening over at the nra yeah well you yeah. know wayne, wayne resigned or he's he sort of announced he's going to resign i guess would be the more appropriate way to phrase it because it's not until the end of the month but you know that that's something that uh, you know, obviously it has huge implications because he's been running the group for 30 years. And in that time, the, they became very influential, the largest gun group in the in the world. Um, but I think the immediate impact is, is lesser, right? Because I, I don't, the big thing right now for the NRS, voice just cracked there, but uh, the big thing for them right now is this trial in New York, this corruption trial. And I just don't know that it's going to change a lot on the ground for them unless their lawyers really switch up their legal strategy. And so far I haven't seen any evidence that's happening. You know, it's what's interesting to me about it is when I hear one Brewer there, I guess Brewer's their lead counsel. It's almost Mm -hmm. as if, and this might have to do with the fact that Powell did Powell turn. I don't know. Powell admitted wrongdoing. Let's just say that in in, publicly Mm -hmm. admitted wrongdoing. And it's almost like their attorney is using that as a, a way to say, see, Wayne didn't know all about that. It's not Wayne's fault. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know how they're arguing this. The whole thing is, is I, I look at it and I scratch my head. It appears to be a lot of gaslighting all the way around. And all I want is the NRA to get back to being the NRA and moving from 4.5 million members back up to 6 million members. 4.5 million members is nothing to slouch at. That's a lot of members. Mm-hmm. This organization Certainly. should be pulling strings, right? Is that even possible now? Again? Yeah, no. I think if, I think uh, if they can restore confidence in uh, gun owners that their money is actually going towards the things it's supposed to go mm. towards, um, then yeah, I, I think they yeah the NRA is still everybody knows the NRA. Everybody, not not just people who own guns, not just gun rights activists. Everybody knows what the NRA is and what it's about. And so that's a huge advantage for them. And uh, right now, it's also known for this whole corruption 
scandal that's going on. But if they can reform and get past that, whether it's the, by a result of this trial, the judge uh, forces reforms or, uh, you know, they do it internally because Wayne is not the center of the universe there anymore. You know, they still have that huge opportunity to rebound. Yeah, I'm optimistic. I real I, I remain optimistic that the NRA will turn it around. Uh, there's a part of me, again, the cynic in me. You know, I, I've got, I've talked to so many people who have said, "Hey, when he's gone, I'll go back to donating to NRA." Mm-hmm. And I, I I think I'm one of those people. Okay, how many of us are there out there? And that was because I didn't like the optics of what was happening. If this is true over here, that's not where I want my money going. That's that's not the mission of the National mm-hmm. Rifle Association is buying suits and flying people around in private jets. And I've seen with my own eyes the fleet of Tahoes pull up and Wayne and the rest of them get out. And I'm thinking to myself, really? That doesn't look good. It just doesn't look good. And I think the optics mm-hmm. got away. I, the, it, they just let it get away from them. But that's all going to come out in civil trial. Who knows what's going to happen there? We wait and see. Is Letitia James going to be successful, or is she even going to try to disband the NRA in total? I don't think so, but I'll ask you. You you have the in on some of that stuff. Uh, she's very unlikely to be able to disband the NRA because the judge took that off the table in an, you know, early on in this case as a potential punishment. So the most likely outcome is probably forcing the people who are named in the suit, LaPierre, the former treasurer, the Josh Powell being one of them, forcing them to not work in, in nonprofits in New York ever again, forcing them to repay the NRA some amount of money itself. That's actually what, you know, the suit is supposed to be about NRA members and how they've been wronged by all this. And so the punishment is to repay the NRA members, not New York State. Um, but, and then there's also the possibility of an overseer being appointed. And that's that's where, you know, politics can become more mixed in. Now, that is, could be positive if they remove, you know, people who were around to approve of some of this wrongdoing, right? But it could be negative because, you know, it's the Attorney General of New York. We all know her political persuasions. And so she would be involved in that process. You have to rely on the, the judge in this case uh, and the jury doing the right thing. Um, so, that, you know, that's where we see. I think the judge has been fairly down the middle so far. He rejected James's request to, to disband the NRA. Mm-hmm. He's, but he's uh, taking the accusations very seriously. So, you know, we got about five more weeks of this, and we'll, we'll have a final outcome. And you will be reporting on it, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting ready to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Stephen Gutowski. We'll get some... Uh predictions for 2024 from somebody who is really in the know here that's steven gatowski you can visit him at the reload.com the reload.com and read some fantastic reporting on the second amendment like we do here every single day we'll be back with steven right after this following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Uh, welcome back to the show, indeed. We're having more fun in the studio today than we're allowed to be having, but 
It's all good. Makes makes doing what we do even funner than it already is. Welcome back, guys. Car Firearms Group Studios lit up for you here at AAR Ranch in Georgia, where it's cold. It's not as cold as it is where many of you are, but it's still cold south of the Mason-Dixon line, if you know what I'm saying. And boy, oh boy, six-hour mic is lit up. But we're nice and warm here in the studio. X-Insurance is presenting it all. Please go out of your way to visit all of our partners. Find them all at armedamericanradio.com. Those goat guns, getyourgoatguns.com. If you're looking for the perfect gift for a Valentine, for example, there's always a reason to buy a goat gun. Goatguns.com. Use the promo code AAR, get 10% off automatically, and start your new addictive hobby of building these incredible miniature recula, recula? replica firearms. Stephen Gatowski, the reload. Welcome back. <laughs> it's one of those days. I didn't eat my scrapple this morning, Stephen. I probably should have called you and said, hey, are you at the farm and are you eating any scrapple? Then I probably would have felt a little I've been more on my game. So it must be the sugar-free Red Bulls. All right, Stephen, anything else about the NRA? You want to put that to bed or you want to move on? Well, you know, the only thing I would note about the NRA is uh, the, one of the big reasons that I don't know that Wayne's resignation is going to have a big impact is that, you know, it's his allies who are taking control at this point. Charles Cotton uh, was the, given another term as president. They changed the bylaws to do that. Andrew Rulanundum is the one who's in line to become, to take over Wayne's position. He's a longtime Wayne confidant. He used to be the spokesperson until last month when they – did some internal maneuvering to get him into the position to take over. So, yeah, that's the only thing I would know. That's one of the main reasons I don't know that his resignation is going to have a big impact in this court case. Immediately. Maybe I would throw that caveat in. I've known Andrew, and I'm yeah. sure you have too. I've known Andrew for a long time. Uh, Andrew, I, I, I can say Andrew is a good friend of mine, and you know, he's in the right mm. place for this right now. What direction we go, what influence the board has. I mean, I'd like to see things like the board be pared down you know, below the 75. There's, there's a lot of things, but that's just me. That's just my own personal opinion. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that the NRA will get it together and do what they need to do. And, uh, you know, I wish Andrew a rule and Andam Godspeed because he's going to need it. Uh, he's got his work cut out for him, there's no doubt. But I, I told him in an email, in some correspondence with him, congratulations, you're the right guy for it. We're wishing you luck. We're praying for you. Godspeed to you. Good luck because you're going to need it, my friend. Boy, 2024 predictions. Let's go there. Haven't had a chance to talk with you about this yet. What do you foresee happening? And let's kind of couch that in Bruin because your analysis, Bruin response bills begin to spread. And your, your subhead here, the, two, two, the two, two states that weren't affected by the Supreme Court's 2022 New York State Rifle and PA uh, Pistol Association v. Bruin ruling are set to consider expansive sensitive place restrictions for licensed gun carriers this year anyway. And that's the operative word, anyway. They're going to do it anyway. And that's what the Democrats have been doing in their post-Bruin temper tantrum. We've seen what happened to Newsom's attempt in California. That's put on hold. Ninth Circuit, two judge, till at least April. What do you foresee happening here? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the interesting things, right, is that these broom response bills, yeah, they may, there's, you know, there's some sort of obvious incentive that the states that were actually affected by the Bruin ruling, you know, the ones that had those May issues, subjective gun carry permit uh, licensing Regimes that the, that they would respond by being upset and well we're going to try and push back on this because we don't want people to carry guns basically, but now you're seeing the same effect in this is Colorado and and Washington which are you know they're becoming bluer and they're adopting more gun control laws over the last couple of years so 
you know, the, they're they're certainly trending in, the, in that direction, but they've had shall issue gun carry forever in those states for a very long time without much controversy. And they're still, uh, you know, at least considering these, these are just proposals, right? They're not, nothing's been passed. We're not, this is just looking forward, right? This is continuing trend. You know, and, and at the same time, these states are both more moderate than the other states that have adopted them. And like you just mentioned, these, these laws have not fared very well in the courts so far. Right? Like, I mean, they, they've been found unconstitutional by multiple federal judges to this point. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty odd thing to see some of these other states start looking into this. But if, if they pass them, too, I, you know, I'd expect to see it become something of a trend. Yeah, it's indicative of what's happening. You mentioned Colorado. You mentioned Washington. They, they are getting bluer, and there's a reason they're getting bluer, because conservatives are fleeing those blue states, which means they're going to continue to get bluer. California is one of them. And once they you – know, that's mm. You know, California is a generational shift, right? In our lifetimes, we're never going to see it turn red again. Not in our lifetimes. Our, our natural lives won't be long enough to see California change. It's not going to happen. And if it continue, if, if conservatives continue to flee, it's just going to stay that way. And that's that's how the nation is splitting right now. Let's take that to New Mexico. Grisham, in a very disturbing statement that just the other day mentioned, because she is continuing to push. She's a great example of a blue state Dem continuing to push gun control beyond what many of the other blue states are doing in their post-Bruin temper tantrums, right? Wiping out the yeah. Second Amendment in the city of Albuquerque within city limits, et cetera. But she said this, and I quote, the constitutionality questions are beginning to be very complicated in the arena of gun violence. Really? Are they? The Second Amendment hasn't changed. What's changed is you're being emboldened by other states in their post-Bruin temper tantrums that somehow make you feel emboldened enough to continue to snub your nose at the Constitution to a point that you now say the constitutionality questions are beginning to be very complicated. It's not complicated. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And Democrats in very high positions in her state smacked her down when she did it over the summer, or tried to anyway, by wiping out the Second Amendment rights of New Mexicans in and around Albuquerque. It backfired on her then. It's going to continue to backfire. But why is she saying something like this right now? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the interesting things. You know, that, that's kind of one of the things politicians say whenever they want to do something uh, because they think it's going to benefit them politically, but they also perhaps understand that it's not going to hold up in court. You know, you have that happen. Uh, you see that uh pretty often with gun policy, especially in like uh, cities that are in red or purple states. Philadelphia is a great example of a city that's constantly passing laws that I think its lawmakers understand aren't going to actually go into effect or aren't going to survive a court challenge. And, you know, they, they, they make a political calculation when they, when they do that, you know, they think fighting the courts can kind of be a, a political win sometimes for, depending on what your constituency is looking for. Um, but ultimately, it is a big risk, especially in places that aren't as deep blue as, like, California or New York, mm-hmm. because, you know, you really risk alienating a lot of people, a lot of, of voters, and, turn, and turning them out. I mean, you know, you, certainly these places we're talking about have trended blue. But we, you remember Colorado when they did their uh, – 
magazine ban, that cost several politicians their careers, yeah. sure uh, even though the state was still trending blue at the time. So Yeah, we'll and see we see Columbus, goes, Ohio too. doing the same thing, now trying to get a decision from the Supreme Court of Ohio to violate their state preemption laws. Stephen Gutowski, The Reload, thank you for being here, brother. Happy New Year. We'll have you on soon. Continue the conversation. The Reload. Dot com. When we come back, A.W.R. Hawkins from Breitbart News rounds out this hour. Don't go away. segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Don't forget to use the promo code AAR at MyPillow.com. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back indeed. Armed American Radio's Monster Cast continues in the Car Firearms Group studios. Mark Walters in front of the Sig Sauer Platinum and Powerful Microphone. It's all being brought to you today and every day by the great X Insurance. Stephen Gutowski is always fun to have on the program. We never have enough time with all of our guests. It flies right by. We'll bring Stephen back soon enough. He has spent an awful lot of time writing and talking about the National Rifle Association, so that's why we spent so much time with him on that. He's got a lot of great insight because he he knows everybody over there, and he's doing what he's done for all those years. It's a fun conversation to talk with him about. And, uh, of course, uh, 2024, didn't really get as much prediction from him as I wanted to, but we'll do that, as I said, on a subsequent broadcast with him. Visit all of our partners. You can find them at armedamericanradio.com. Let's head over now to the great AWR Hawkins from Breitbart News. AWR, how are you, my brother, from another mother? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, too. <laughs> uh, he must have been listening to the first hour and a half of the show. We've been busier behind the scenes on this program today than we've been in a long, long time. AWR, uh, now, temperatures where you at? I know you were out hunting in Texas. It was cold when you were hunting out there. You were hog hunting. What was the temperature? It was like minus something, wasn't it? I don't know. I know it was about 16 or 17, and then the wind was howling. I have never learned how to calculate wind to figure out wind chill. It's just like, it's the weirdest thing. I still don't know how to calculate Celsius to Fahrenheit. I don't know how to calculate wind to wind chill. And I don't know how to figure out how many times a day Biden changes his diaper. Three things I've never learned. (laughs) He wears a diaper? Well, I mean, I figure he does. I think his pants would be ruined on a much more regular basis otherwise. Oh, good heavens. I tell you what, A.W.R. Hawkins. Well, it, yeah, the windshield calculation, I don't know what it is either. It never seemed to be a thing when I was a kid. It was just cold, right? It was either cold or it wasn't cold. I, I don't remember ever having to deal with that stuff. But, yeah, I know when you were out there, it was cold. Any luck on the hunt? Tell us. You, you were hog hunting. What were you no, using? Tell no, us what kind no, of weapons we you were saw- using. We saw tons of deer. I was using a Henry. I love Henry, as you know. And I was using a Henry, a, a color case hardened 3030. The problem is I forgot my gloves. So I'm in that cold Ooh. weather, hurt, holding that metal gun by the receiver as I walked around. And I'll just be honest with you, my fingers got cold, uh, real cold. So, uh, But uh, it's still a good day hunting, and I enjoyed. I was with a friend of mine I hadn't spent time with in a while. And so, you know, that's always good. And so we, we had a great time, and we'll do it again. When we do it again, I'll take a thermal, and uh, we'll get on them at night, and we'll slaughter some hogs. And Henry thirty thirty lever action. Those are beautiful guns, brother. Henry makes a great weapon, great weapon. Oh, yeah. Good heavens. Oh, yeah, they're fun. They're fun to shoot. I have when, a couple of them the myself. The Henry motto, 
the Henry motto fits armed American radio very well. It's made in America or not made at all. And that's the end all be all of mottos out there. It is. Let's um, let's go to California quickly. You've spent some time writing about this. We are beginning to see some very serious pushback from sheriffs in the state of California regarding Newsom's targeting, as your headline states, the law abiding while giving criminals a pass. The latest and you put this up today is Riverside County Sheriff Chad Bianco, who said the following. They have a very pro-criminal stance in California, and they have for years all of the laws. Newsom's goal is to close as many prisons as he can, to not prosecute and to not sentence anyone to state prison. They blame law enforcement. They blame society. So there's never a personal responsibility on someone's criminal behavior. It's always someone else's fault. And there is this agenda that is extremely pro-criminal in Sacramento. How do you think that when you've got law enforcement in sheriffs across that state pushing back against Newsom, is that going to impact Newsom or change his mind at all about pushing, continuing to push his gun agenda when he knows law enforcement is going to refuse? Well, I'm going to be honest with you, and it's a sad thing. I don't believe Newsom cares what these sheriffs think. I don't believe Newsom cares even slightly what they think. And uh, so until there is some way to make what they think matter, I don't know. I mean, it should matter. Like you or to me, if I knew a sheriff thought that about me or thought whatever, mm-hmm. it would change the thing I was doing. Newsom doesn't care. He's an ideologue. I mean, you, you, you put that much grease in your hair every morning, you don't care about much. I mean, he's probably whatever kind of latte drink, soybean, whatever, and his little skinny jeans. That's all he cares about. And uh, so I don't believe that the sheriff will impact Newsom, but what the sheriff will do, which is a better play anyway, he will impact the California populace, which is what he needs to do. And those Californians will rally around these sheriffs for what they've done. And I believe that's what's going to happen. You know, I- I wish I could agree with that on a statewide level. I agree with it in the, at the county level. There's no doubt that the electorate that put Bianco in office as the sheriff in Riverside County is going to rally around him. But is it going to be enough in a state like California, or are they still going to be considered the outliers? That's my fear. No. And with more you. conservatives departing the state, I, I, I don't know that it makes a difference. I mean, the, again, just questions. We're going to see these demographics unfold over the next few but years. What, what is, I heard today, Mark, I can't say this with any authority whatsoever. Uh, I heard today, I believe, 56, $56 billion. That number may be a few billion high, a few billion low. But that's how far California is underwater financially. And it's so $68 billion. The, How much? $68.7 billion. Okay. See, I, that's why I made sure I didn't say that as if I knew for sure. So you got $68 plus billion. They're underwater. And now you got the sheriffs cutting and running from Newsom going, hey, we don't share this view at all. This guy's yeah. anti-law about citizen. He's pro-criminal. I don't think anything but good things can come of this. I just don't think it'll impact Newsom because Newsom's a liar to his core. Yeah, I, you know, he's not going to be around long enough. Whatever his aspirations are, we're going to find out soon enough. But he won't be around long enough. The sheriffs are going to outlive him. So there's always that aspect of this conversation. But the fact that there's pushback in California at that level, 
in those counties, in those large counties, is extremely significant. You wrote about New Mexico Governor Grisham, not just here. You've written about her extensively in the past. But your headline today is, or yesterday, New Mexico Governor Grisham pushes lawsuits against gun makers' two-week waiting period for firearm purchases. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening in Albuquerque and a number of other cities, Roswell, you're tuned in. I love you guys there. You're looking now at a 14-day. This governor wants 14-day waiting period, and they call that the cooling-off period, which is a joke. And then, AWR, I've asked all my guests this tonight, she made the following statement. The constitutionality questions are beginning to be very complicated in the arena of gun violence. She's now questioning the constitutionality. Didn't she already do that when she banned guns in Albuquerque anyway? What do you think she means by that, that all of a sudden the Second Amendment is, well, now we have to start questioning the constitutionality of the Second Amendment to the Bill of Rights? No, I I don't believe she's thinking that way, Mark. Doesn't mean I'm right, but I don't believe that. I believe what she's doing is she's doing a little CYA. Uh, She's covering that butt because I believe she knows these gun controls are going to face challenges under Bruin, and the vast majority of them are going to fall under Bruin. And so she's going ahead and saying uh, it's a way for her to both admit defeat and try to please her fringe constituents who are donating the billions or the millions and go, look, I did what I told you I would do. Here's all the gun control. And then at the same time go, but look, let's be honest. It's not going to survive. Uh, it's not going to survive uh, the judicial uh, hoops and hurdles. It's going to have to jump. That's yeah, interesting take on that, because that would certainly account for why she is continuing to push gun control at the level she is continuing to push gun control when she got so much pushback. Can I say something? Can I say something? We got 20 seconds. Go ahead. Do a Google search of this woman. She looks like an Oompa Loompa. They have to get her to stand on a box to see over the podium to read her speech. She's a classic ugly leftist hiding behind leftism, stealing your freedom. Armed American Radio's MonsterCast continues one more segment with the great A.W.R. Hawkins from Breitbart News. We will be back right after this, and after the next segment, we'll head into a roundtable. Don't go away. segment of Armed American Radio is being sponsored by Crossbreed Holsters. Make sure to visit crossbreedholsters.com. Now let's get back to me. Let's do that. AWR Hawkins, welcome back to Georgia's AAR Ranch. Six-hour mic lit up. Car Firearms Group Studios. X-Insurance presenting it all. AWR, I'm carrying a SIG P226 in an outside-the-waistband Crossbreed Holsters drop slide right now, and I know you're a fan of those holsters. Those crossbreeds are real. Were you wearing, I'm just curious, were you wearing the chest rig for the revolver while you were out hunting this past weekend? Well, uh, with a caveat, I do wear a crossbreed chest rig every time I hunt, period, hands down, no questions asked. But I carry a uh, Kimber Custom 2 10 millimeter in it, not a revolver. So you're carrying the 10 millimeter in that thing? Yeah, I carry a 10 with, let me go here. With double tap, now think about this. Yes. With double tap, it's either 200 hard cast grain bullet or 235 grain. So, and what I love about that bullet, I've shot hogs with that bullet 
And if I hit them between their shoulder blades from an elevated position, which I've done numerous times, that's the end of that hog with a handgun. And so uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of double tap. I'm a big fan of crossbreed, and they're with me every time I hunt. You know, I carry those hardcast 38s in my Smith and Wesson 686 plus, and the two projectiles in that those double taps they're vicious, they're brutal, yeah. they're br- uh, they're brutal. They it open a wound channel, and then the second one comes in behind it. Good heavens, if you've ever seen that in ballistic gelatin, ladies and gentlemen, check out that double tap stuff. Believe me, it's dynamite. Well, I, I carry it in all my guns. If you if you have a magazine full of random bullets just for fun, put a couple of double tap uh, that uh, hard cast. As I say, I think it's a two thirty five grain. Put a couple of those in, a couple of whatever else. Just shuffle them up. When you hit that double tap round, you will know it. You will feel in that gun the the the, the yeah. that gun shooting that spitting that bullet out. I should say. And uh, the good news is when that bullet hits its target. It does some damage. Oh, it does some damage indeed. Yeah, check them out at Double Tap, ladies and gentlemen. Great stuff. AWR, let's let's stay on bullets, and let's go to your piece on Washington. Now, I talked a little bit about your piece of Thursday or Friday. Washington Democrats, you know, Alan keeps coming up with the word creativity, right? The Democrats are getting more creative every day, and they are. They really, truly are. Got to hand it to them, guys. Washington Democrats propose bullet tax for privilege of using ammunition privilege awr is it a privilege to be able to use the double tap we're talking about in a gun that i have a right to carry right no i'll tell you what this is getting close here i've had a problem while i've written on this and i have a follow-up coming uh getting close to uh you know telling them to stick it where the sun don't shine because uh it's not a privilege to own or shoot ammo, just as you just hinted at. It's not a privilege to own or shoot a gun. It is a right. Uh, now, maybe maybe if you live up there with uh, with in Canada with what's his name uh, Trudeau, or you live over in London where people stab you to death uh, left and right because you can't have a handgun, maybe shooting a handgun there is a privilege. I mean, I don't know. I'm not even trying to guess. I'm saying I don't know. But here it's not. Here I've got an H&K VP9 on my hip right now with an extended mag, and that extended mag is only for one purpose, because the first two bullets I'm going to get you with. And after that, if you keep moving or you even roll toward me, if you fall toward me, I'm going to put some more in you. And then I have a few extra in case your friends get a little spicy and hop out of the car. And that's just America, folks. That's how it is. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Trudeau. You mentioned Great Britain. You know, we could talk about anywhere, Australia, anywhere else. I would submit that the human right to defend yourself with a gun is just that, a human right. The mere fact that they choose not to recognize it, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen that's the tyrannical side of a government. That, and that's why God bless our founders for recognizing that right and codifying it. Be very blessed every single day that you live here. And that's why we keep this fight up, ladies and gentlemen, because that's what the Democrats have in store for you if they're successful. Never stop asking your question, that question in your head when you lay down at night, why do they want my guns? Speaking of guns, 28% more guns made in the U.S. during Biden's first year than Trump's last. Now, you have to know that that just burns up dementia diaper Joe. It has to. He's got to hate that. Right. But at the, it does at the same time. 
it just shows the hypocrisy, Mark. I mean, you know, what do we have? Uh, I wrote up, I believe we have 473-plus million guns in U.S. civilian possession. 473 million-plus. Of those, 32 million are, uh, no, of those 28 million, excuse me, 28 million are AR and AK-style rifles. The very rifles he told us he was going to ban, Mark. The very rifles that we can't own, Mark, because they serve no purpose other than killing, you know. And uh, so the point is this. It's all hypocrisy. Biden, if you watch the way he treated Marty Daniel, if you watch the way he tried to treat the Smith & Wesson CEO, the Ruger CEO, and so on, what the Democrats really want to do, they don't really want to ban these guns. They want to get a portion of the money made off these guns. They want to get government in Marty's pocket. They want to get government in Smith and Wesson's pocket. They want to get government in Ruger's pocket so that they can start to make a portion of the money that off these guns that are so wildly popular with Americans that they sell like wildfire. I want to make that point. I also want to say back to what I said, 28 million plus AR and AK style rifles. Now, you put together the handful of high-profile crimes with an AR last year. The handful, that's all it was. You can't remember more than a handful. So you have a handful of criminal uses out of 28 million such rifles. There's no justification for even trying to ban them. The only thing the Democrats want to do is get in on the money a little bit if they can. And we need to be honest about that. They need to be honest about that, but they can't because if they get honest, it'll stop their push in its tracks. So they have to keep lying. Yeah, and the numbers that you're giving us right now mean that it is statistically insignificant mathematically, ladies and gentlemen. So when you hear the gaslighting, about the weapons of war, understand what you just heard from A.W.R. Hawkins compared to 28 million in the hands of law-abiding citizens. And you've pointed out many times on the program, A.W.R., that there are more rifles, AR-15 style rifles, in Americans' hands than there are F-150 pickup trucks on America's roads today. So the, the number is statistically insignificant. A.W.R. Hawkins, thank you, brother, for everything that you do. Breitbart News is A.W.R. Hawkins, Dr. A.W.R. Hawkins. We appreciate it, AWR, you being here every single week. Look forward to seeing you next week. Well, week after Monday, I'll be seeing you a week from Monday, from tomorrow, actually, at the Shooting, Hunting, and Outdoor Trade Show. Well, we will be surrounded by amazing American and international firepower. All of it right there at the Shooting, Hunting, and Outdoor Trade Show. We'll be reporting back on it. And AWR, you can count on, we'll be doing that. He'll have a slew of articles over at Breitbart News on what we laid our eyes and our hands on over at the Shooting, Hunting, and Outdoor Trade Show from the NSSF coming up a week from Monday in Las Vegas. Beautiful Las Vegas, if you want to call it that. Coming up next, a roundtable, classic roundtable, with the CEO of Car Arms here in the Car Firearms Group Studios, Justin Moon, the one and only. He tells it like it is, says the quiet part out loud. Neil McCabe, reporter McCabe from RedState.com, from RedState.com. And, of course, Brad Primo, CEO of Lead Slingers. They will all three be here. Six minutes after, at the top of the break, Armed American Radio's MonsterCast continues from AAR's Georgia Ranch, Car Firearms Group Studio, six-hour mic lit up for you, X-Insurance presenting it all. We'll be back at six after on the flip side. Don't miss the roundtable. You you have a ranch?
You've just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network. 